You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 345, we're discussing the most anticipated in Nerd of 2023 i'm one of your host tim and i'm carlos and that's right ladies and gentlemen it is 2023 guys we made it through another year what an epic year it was the return to cinema in a major way lots of great nerd that we celebrated in our last episode after taking a brief two-week hiatus but it's good to be here in the future in 2023 carlos my man how was your new year's Ah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was a fun uh, holiday season for us here, and uh, yeah, glad to be back at it since our uh, our. It wasn't even a hiatus. It was just our uh, Christmas break. We figured Christmas break. You know what? I Everybody's like that. off. I like that. One of our normal drop dates fell on Christmas. The other one fell on New Year's, and we're like, you know what? We're not listening to other podcasts. Why should we add to the bucket for other people? So. Very true. Very true. I love that, man. And I do hope that everyone had a very happy holiday season, a very healthy and I'd say uh, enjoyable, fun. You can tell from my voice that I had a very fun New Year's. I not only ended up with a cold, but I also yelled too much on New Year's and I can't talk the same way I usually do. So my voice is a little bit more raspy and maybe that will come out for the better. Who knows? But... Carlos, we we spent last episode a couple weeks ago looking at our favorites from 2022. It felt like the never-ending year that was 2022, and Batman came out on the top, and Peacemaker came out on the top. So DC, although not producing a ton of content, certainly produced what we felt was our favorite content of 2022. And it's going to be interesting to see if DC can continue that reign here in the Nerd Room within 2023, because we're getting... Four big films from DC this year, including Shazam 2, The Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman 2, I should say. Marvel's releasing 12 properties across Marvel Studios and Sony. That is Disney+. Plus. And on the big screen, Star Wars living on Disney+. Plus. Three big shows, at least three big shows. In The Bad Batch, Mando Season 3. And Ahsoka with some potential from Skeleton Crew. Maybe The Acolyte. Who knows? And we've got all kinds of other films that we talked about late last year with some of the trailers, including Transformers, Rise of the Beast, one of the ones that you're looking forward to, Indy 5, Creed 3, everything is hitting the screen here. This looks like a pretty solid lineup of films and TV shows that we're going to consume this year. And one of the things that kind of has me excited is this feels like the first real year in cinema in the last three years or so where we're not getting carryovers from previous years. We're not getting films that we should have got last year for the most part, except for a few of the DC things, but it feels like this is like a solid, we're going to get everything that's meant to come out. Everything that was supposed to come out in 23 is going to come out in 23. I'm just excited for what we, what we got going on here, man. Like, are you feeling the vibes of 2023 right now? Yeah, no, and like you said, like it feels like this is the first year in three years that we're actually going to get the things that uh, we're supposed to get probably pretty close to when we're supposed to get them. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it prompted the resurrection of the Nerdier box office pool. So yes, we'll be doing that. Uh, a little special crossover with our boys from the Vigilante 1939 podcast. So a little change up, amping up the stakes here, putting my crown on the line. Yes, back to back champion to but, back, almost back to back. I feel like you've been champion for the whole pandemic. Well, and it's it's one of those where I would have seeded the crown for last year, but the joke pick that I ended up with very last pick of the draft, which was a joke pick put on by my wife, who is my scribe when I was kind of working my list, was uh, a sequel to one of her all time favorite movies, a uh, film called top gun maverick that ended up doing all right at the box (laughs) just all right just all right i think in within the year being the highest grossing film of the year uh yeah well yeah like avatar will take the crown and i think 
Avatar's uh, total will count for 22. Yeah, um, we don't. Eh. Yeah, just because it'll. Yeah, because it released in 22. So that, that'll be how it. But um, I, I was just kind of looking at the films that we had taken and then just got pushed back. Right. And a mm-hmm. lot of them like just went straight to streaming. Like somebody had Ray and the Last Dragon, but that yeah. was just the straight to streaming one kind of thing that got pushed to the next year. So, um, yeah, for ones that just kind of <laughs> limped limped into the year after they were supposed to be released or even two years after they were supposed to be released. Uh, that was the last one that was selected on the, on the pitch and boom, uh, yeah. boom, the anomaly. I've still not seen that. I, I, I will see it eventually, but it's, it's unreal. And then they just released that mission impossible, whatever it is, seven little vignette they did on Tom Cruise doing some motorcycle stunt off the edge of a mountain, mm-hmm. man, if you've not seen that, guys, go watch it. I could, it's like a five-minute video clip. I could not stop watching it. It was unbelievable, the prep that he put. The guy became like a professional motocrosser, a professional base jumper, and like to, to do this one stunt. And it's unbelievable. He did like 500 or something ridiculous base jumps. Like Tom Cruise, like the man is like in his late 50s, early 60s, if not. And the stunt was unbelievable. Like it, it gave me a true new appreciation for Tom Cruise. Not only did he have this like wild success in 2022, but the time and effort and craftsmanship that he puts into his roles to make like they could easily CGI random stunt dude that is risking his life. I'm not trying to diminish what that guy does, but they can easily slap Tom Cruise's face onto the stunt man. But Tom Cruise has none of that and does this on it's it's crazy absolutely crazy yeah well paramount and their insurance company would probably love if they just done the the face yeah. mapping technology but uh hey xenu abides so gotta do what he's gotta do <laughs> so bad all right well we're gonna get into it like we do kind of every year we finish off the year we cap off the year with a look back at the previous year we give our our most favorite properties films tv shows from that year so if you want to check out 2022 from our perspective you can go back one episode but this episode is going to be about looking forward at not only our favorite in nerd and we're qualifying that as our favorite tv shows our most anticipated tv shows or films in kind of the nerd space but we're also going to be stepping back and looking at what we have traditionally called our nerdier resolutions where we look forward and say what do we want to do different this year? Do we want to watch more movies? Do we want to collect differently? Do we want to display differently? Do we want to read more comic books or not? And we're going to take a look at that. We're going to run down our top three nerdier resolutions to kind of fit into this space here. And we're also going to, at that same time, look back at our 2022 resolutions, which I'm assuming neither of us went back and looked at after that episode. And so it's going to be funny to kind of reflect on those to see how ambitious we were at the start of last year and where we really ended up in the first part here of 23 with those. But we're going to start this episode off by just getting right into it. Top five most anticipated in nerd this year. And again, like I said, this is films, TV shows, kind of in that DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and beyond space, really. So, Carlos, we're going to go from five and go up. So why don't you give us, or if you have an honorable mention, I have a couple of honorable mentions. If you have one of those, chuck that out there and then hit number five. You know what? Number five on my list is actually going to be an honorable mention because I'm convinced that we'll find out sooner than later that it's being pushed to 2024. But, <laughs> but that's going to be Blue Beetle. That's going to be Blue my Beetle, honorable right. mention. Um, really looking forward to this one. A lot of this buzz around that film uh, has me amped. The set photos that we've seen, like... Jaime looks perfect in the costume. Mm-hmm. I really like Zolo as an actor. And then that teaser poster that they released um, is just money. Like it's actually hanging up in our local theater and it, it's just so cool. And uh, if it comes out in 23, great. But I just, I kind of have a feeling that they'll uh, use that as the launch of the new, uh, all new, all different DC universe. So uh, that one's going to be just an honor- honorable mention for me. But staying with DC, uh, my number five for most anticipated for 2023 is uh, the follow-up to something that was very beloved in the nerd room all around, and that's uh, Sweet Tooth Season 2. 
Ooh, yeah, that's a good poll. I didn't have that on my list at all. Shoot. Yeah, so yeah, I know you and your good lady wife really enjoyed it, and it was beloved in our household too, to the point that, um, like honestly, I, I forced her to watch it just so she wasn't watching the same thing on Netflix all the time, and uh, it inspired her to dress as Gus for uh, Halloween that year. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like Sweet Tooth, it's just charming. They've done a perfect job of. Uh, adapting the comic book series into something in a more family friendly friendly PG-13 space but keeping all the things and all the uh the drama from the comic book series intact and yeah I think Robert Downey Jr and his company yeah. have done a phenomenal job with uh bringing that series to life and so yeah sweet tooth season two for me uh it's been a long time since season one and i can't wait to see where they take it for season two that's got me excited to be honest with you because i to be honest with you did not know sweet tooth season two is coming out this year and my wife's gonna be quite pleased to hear that because it was one of those shows that it took a little bit of coaxing and i think it came at the recommendation from yourself and your wife to us saying like, maybe you guys should give this a try. And once we got into it, it was like, all right, binge mode, here we go. Because you can't turn away. The premise of it is great, but some of the aesthetics of it, when you look at it from maybe without like, or with maybe more of a critical eye, you're like, ah, eh, maybe this just isn't for me. It's a kid with antlers. It's kind of weird. And, but when you really dive into it, it is a fantastic story. So man, that uh, that that's gonna I'm gonna slot that in my honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> just just having found out about that, but uh, right on. I love that. I love that. But my honorable mention is it's not so much in the nerd space, but it is a movie that I'm really excited for. And because I I failed so miserably last year, I'm watching movies that weren't comic book movies or Star Wars movies or something like that. I'm gonna put an honorable mention that is. Slightly outside of the nerd space, but does have a tethered connection to it in my man, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, who we're also going to see as Kang the Conqueror. So that's my that's my connection to the MCU here. And that's Creed 3. Nice. This movie, I, the Creed series has been phenomenal, I think. I've loved the continuation of the story. Michael B. Jordan playing that role as Adonis has been amazing. And him jumping into the director's chair... And I guess another connection is Ryan Coogler through this, who, who kicked up this franchise and is now acting in a producer role. It, it just looks great. Jonathan Majors looks incredible in it. Mm -hmm. And he's going to have like such a breakout year between this and Quantumania and potentially Loki season two. It, I'm just stoked for this movie. I watched the trailer like three times for no reason yesterday. And I was like, I got to slot this in on my, my honorable mention list for this year. Yeah, it's definitely on my honorable mentions as well. Like Creed is uh, a series that ranks high and we're big Rocky fans in our house, mm -hmm. or at least my daughter and I are. And yeah, um, yeah I, I'm looking, really looking forward to it and uh, curious to see where Michael B. takes it and how he handles taking the reins from uh, Stephen Capel Jr., who is directing one of my other honorable mentions, which is Transformers Rise of the Beast. Yes, of yeah. course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But my number five, most anticipated this year, is one that uh, that I think will have Jonathan Majors in it, and that's Loki Season 2. Oh, nice. This show was, I think, if you could argue, maybe WandaVision a little bit, but Loki Season 1 was probably my favorite mcu disney plus show that's been put out there it was one of the few that my wife actually sat down and watched with me and it was it was just a spectacle it was great to see what they could do with loki and it it really kicked off this multiverse saga i think in a, in a very huge way to the point where like they lay out the infinity stones in one of the first episodes and be like yeah let's just come from wherever right and just like totally stepped all over the infinity saga and season two I believe we know it's coming because Disney Plus put it like a little vignette about what's coming in 23. And there's a few new shots of Loki season two. And so I'm really looking at this and quantum media, maybe the Marvels as being the thing that really ignites the multiverse saga. And I'm excited to see what they do with Loki. And I want this to matter. I feel like Loki season one 
it hasn't matters as much as it should have in things like No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness. I feel like that they had all this, they had this consequence, and just nothing is really built off of that, which I've always found strange. And so I'm hoping season two really kind of amps everything up and builds on Loki season one and the importance of that 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 series for this multiverse saga. Yeah, no, Loki's definitely up there for me too. It it's one of my favorites uh of the MCU Disney Plus offerings and um you know like She-Hulk and uh, Miss Marvel are probably my two favorites, but um for ones that are really entrenched in the MCU yes, lore like agreed. Loki yeah, and it was it was by far the best made of all their shows I think as well and probably the best acted, but um yeah, Loki is going to be high up there for me as well. And yeah, it is interesting actually now that you bring it up that they haven't played too much with the things that they established in it. But uh, who knows? Maybe they're building to something uh, else within the larger MCU. And one of my favorite things about Loki is how, for as out there as it was, it was really restrained. Like they played with huge concepts, but in really yes. small and intimate ways, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and keeping with Disney Plus, my number four is actually going to be Ahsoka. Oh, um, right on. And to be honest, like I, I truly don't have a horse in the race, but my daughter's anticipation is just like white hot. And with the integration of um, Sabine and Hera from Rebels and um, a bunch of those other characters, like it's one of those where like I've never watched that show in its entirety. I, I've probably watched the entire series three times over with the amount of times it was playing in the background in my house during COVID. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, she's got me hyped for this one. And I really liked Rosario in the role from what we saw of her in Mando. And I, I think like, I'm just, I really want them to nail one of these star Wars shows. That's kind of the fun, high spectacle type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. like Andor, Andor was its own thing and it was tremendous piece of storytelling. But, uh, if we could get a show like the, like the Obi-Wan type of thing that just works on all fronts, um, and kind of builds up the lore a little bit in different ways that we haven't really seen. And I think that might be part of the appeal too, where it's like, you can't do what Andor did because you have the more fantastical elements inherently in play. But, um, at the same time, you're also going to be playing with a whole bunch of toys that we've never really seen explored yes. in the live action space. So, yeah, Ahsoka, Ahsoka is up there. Yeah, it's up there on my list as well. It's a little higher up on this one, but I, I totally agree with what all you're saying, the sentiments that you're bringing to the table about this having the, I think, the most potential to layer in all those like force elements in particular, um, beyond even what was done inside of. Book of Boba Fett, Mando season 2.5 and Mando season two and all that. This has a real potential to take what we've seen on the big screen and just explode it. Like Mm -hmm. I think with, like you said, Sabine, Hera, Ezra, Thrawn. It's going to be freaking crazy, man. Like it's going to be like back to back episodes of like, (gasps) you know, that Leonardo DiCaprio gif when everyone's always point. It's going to be that. But hopefully there's a good story behind it with Floney writing that and him translating all of these characters that he he put into the universe and he massaged and he shepherded now into live action. It's going to be quite a spectacle to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but a spectacle that both you and I are going to go watch in the theaters, potentially together, and one that is going to be hopefully consumed at some point in this year. That's my number four, and that's The Flash. This movie has been something that we've all kind of been salivating over to a degree for the better part of two plus years, whatever it has been. And yes, it comes with this controversy with Ezra Miller and there's discussion and you've, you've proposed it that it may even skip and move and trade spots with Aquaman too. We may find ourselves watching this in December, but the thing that has me most excited is come on Keaton, the <laughs> Batman is going to not the Batman, not Pattinson's Batman, but Keaton's Batman, Batman 89, Batman 92. He's going to be back in the cape and cowl and playing a what I what we always hoped was a significant role. 
in this film, but also maybe potentially, I don't know, in the future, probably not because this universe is coming to an end pretty quickly. But Keaton having one last crack at that, ah, man, there's nothing that that can't get you excited about that. Oh, yeah. No, totally. It's uh, I'll talk about it a bit later. But yeah, yeah. with Keaton, like <laughs> I, I, it's one of those where maybe we don't get the length of tenure that we were going to get from him under Walter Amata. But at the same time, three years ago, mm-hmm. nobody would have thought in a million years that we get Michael Keaton back as Batman. Right. And yeah, yeah. so cool. By all accounts, it's tremendous. And his role and what he does in the film is tremendous. And um, yeah, if we get one last really special spin with Michael Keaton, Batman, like, yeah, so be it. And he's, you know, he's no spring chicken kind of thing. So mm-hmm. maybe it's best if we have a limited um, tenure with him. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that yes. one a, a bit later, but we'll move to my number three, I guess, which is edge of the spider verse. Oh, yeah. Um, right yeah, and this one more so than anything, it's I adore the first Spider-Verse movie. I think it's really special. I'm I'm not particularly looking for them having this Spider-Man or that Spider-Man or, um, you know, there's going to be a plethora of Easter eggs in this film, but it's the character work from the first one is what made that original movie so special. And uh, I... I kind of sense that we're going to get some more of that here. We have certainly the same people involved on both uh, the animation side of the house and as far as your writers and directors and whatnot. So yeah, I, I have a lot of faith and trust in these guys and yeah, edge of the spider verse is a pretty special movie um, or at least into the spider verse is a pretty special movie in our house. And I, I have no reason to think what that edge of the spider verse will, uh, be anything but a worthy follow-up to that movie so yeah that's my that's my number three right on it's across the spider-verse isn't it or is it edge i think it's edge of the spider-verse quick google search here no nope, across the spider-verse 2023 well i'm looking forward to that 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 much that i'm on the edge about it <laughs> <but> yeah <laughs> i'm sorry i was really confused here because i have it written down in my notes I said Marvel release, and I was like, wait, I definitely wrote this down wrong, because why would I know what this is? Yeah, no, sorry, Edge of the Spider-Verse is the comic book, so. Yeah, is is this a two-parter across the Spider-Verse? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, it is a two-parter. Like, I think like a year apart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or some amount of time. But, uh, yeah, like, you can't can't go wrong with that. It doesn't make my list. Like, the, the original, I think, was awesome, but it just, it just never... It didn't resonate with me the same way. I think it resonated with a lot of people. Like and that's nothing to say about its quality because it is impeccable and the animation is unreal. So mm-hmm. very, very cool, man. All right. My number three is Disney Plus's MCU Secret Invasion. This is a comic book I've wanted to see adapted for a very long time. And although not being what I wanted it to be, like an Avengers level film with a multi film build into the who do you trust sort of marketing and kind of this big question mark on who is actually a scroll. I'm sure they'll get into that over what is I think meant to be a six episode arc that is based more fundamentally around Nick Fury, which the comic book was to a degree, but we're not going to get that same sort of showdown at the end of it. I don't think where you have uh, this big revelation of of who's the actual scrolls, but I think the basic concept is going to be there, and that excites me. The cast looks great. This definitely looks like a darker version, more of a Winter Soldier esque type of tone, which which I'm I'm really digging there. And concept of the scrolls really threw us for uh, for a spin there. And what was it in Miss Captain Marvel <laughs> when they were they turned it to be kind of good? Um, yeah. And so, like, everyone thought, you know, maybe more antagonists, and that's where the infiltration was beginning. Maybe that's where it did begin. But this one looks like it's going to take that comic book and really run with it. Yeah. No, it'll be cool. I'm curious to check this one out. Um, what's her face there? Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's character has me. I, know I don't she's, think she's in it. Well, if she's not in it, then it it's, moves it's, moves up on my anticipation list but <laughs> yeah i don't think she's gonna i don't think the thunderbolts really factor into this that much or what she's doing like it has amelia clark and maria hills back in it um nick fury and 
some I think Martin Freeman is also in it, which may be where you're okay. thinking that she's going to show up in it a little bit after Wakanda Forever. Yeah, like I I honestly hate that character so much <laughs> that, that it's kind of contaminated like anything kind of adjacent to like kind of that like shieldy appearances. type stuff. Like, yeah, and like yeah. The, yeah, you're all new, all different shield. And I didn't love Agents of Shield either, but uh, yeah, I'll check it out and yeah, we'll see uh, see what they bring. Who knows? Yeah, this one's supposed to be coming pretty early here. I imagine this one will be like April, March, I think, when this one drops, kind of outside of the space of Quantumania and maybe What If Season 2. So this this is meant to drop like within, I think, Q1, Q2 of this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. We'll uh, check that one out when it hits. Um, but one that I'll definitely be checking out the minute that it hits and now I don't feel so bad about saying that I'm not really overly inclined to watch Secret Invasion because uh, my number two might not be too high on your priority list either. But that's Dune Part 2. The original Dune was by far one of the best theatrical experiences that I had uh, in 2021. Uh, it was absolutely mind-blowing and such a feast on so many levels that... Uh, yeah, the, the sequel is absolutely um, super high on my list of things I'm looking forward to. Denny Villeneuve crushed it with his adaptation of the lore and how he presented all the different concepts and the politics and the layers of minutia. And uh, he really set the table with that first movie. And I think in this one, you'll get to see him run wild and he's got a lot of great young talent in this one and my boy austin butler coming off elvis uh taking mm -hmm. on a major role in this movie so yeah dune part two is uh my number two man it's it's not for me not appreciating it's more i'm just i just don't know why i can't make the time for this like this movie's been out for over a year dune part one yeah and it's gotten like universal praise for everyone i respect inside of the uh like film review or kind of giving opinions on these things and yet i have not made time to, to sit down and watch it but maybe this will be my fourth nerd year resolution is to watch that one before number two comes out i'm presuming it's coming out in december of this year so about a year from now uh yeah i don't know when it comes out the last one was kind of fall if memory serves or late summer but i feel yeah. like it's like a december release but maybe i'm wrong um yeah, i don't know I don't know but that. Yeah, that's that's high up there, man. Like, and given the all the the different properties jockeying for these spots, man, there's going to be a lot left off these lists because my number two is Ahsoka. Now you've already broken that down in great detail. And we've talked about that, but man, I can't wait. Like, the Star Wars had to fall on this, and Star Wars, I think, is going to have a a pretty good year on Disney Plus. Like, they're not we're not going to see them on film, but this Ahsoka one. I'm, I'm anticipating more than Mando season three, which is one that's likely to be left off all of our lists here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Bad Batch and the potential for what the Skeleton Crew could be by the end of the year. But yeah, Ahsoka, it just looks so good. And it's coming fast and furious, man. Not the 10th iteration of that movie franchise, but it is coming very, very soon. Yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, I, I kind of talked about it already, but. Yeah, it's just it just has a cool vibe to it, and it feels like something special. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and speaking of something special, no surprise to anybody <laughs> listening, but my number one with a lightning bolt is the Flash. Like, um, saw a little sizzle reel today that uh, you know my anticipation was pretty high over the last few weeks with just a bit of concept art leaking out here and there. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a, a Spin Masters toy that got shown, and like I won't say anything because oh, uh, you're want... buying so much stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, but it's like there there just seems to be something really special with all the designs and all the things the director is saying and the concept art that you know if that's the art that you've created um, to uh, bring a form of uh, vis visualization to the script that you've put together. Like that tells me that some of these ingredients are in the film and there's some pretty mind blowing concepts that they're playing with. And at the same time, 
it feels like this movie is going to have a lot of heart and a lot of substance. And it's a very mm-hmm. intimate story in that it's like uh, going to focus on Barry Allen trying to reconcile the death of his mother. Right. So that's no surprise. Like we saw that in that first teaser and whatnot. And it's a pretty big part of Flash's lore. But yeah, I, I, that they took that story and that they're building it around him being paired up with Michael Keaton's Batman is incredible to me. And you can tell that the people who made this movie have a lot of love of this pre comic book movie, golden age comic book world with your Michael Keaton, Batman's and uh, other characters kind of in that pre Iron Man space that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like I don't think, any of the nonsense controversy is going to affect this movie. I think once they start marketing it, people are going to be interested and people are going to be buying tickets. Like hell yeah. Like Twitter honestly doesn't matter. I've said it a few times on online, but it's like, you look at avatar way of the water. The only things you saw about it on Twitter were negative. You Mm -hmm. never hear about it on Twitter now, except with the box office reports where it's making money and over So millions of normal people that don't care about hot takes have no no. idea who Ezra Miller is and are going to see that Super Bowl TV spot, which tells you how confident Warner Brothers is in this movie that they're spending that money. And uh, yeah, they're going to be lining up to watch the movie. Yeah, I'm going to be there with you, man. I'm going to be speeding. I'm going to be there with you, man. I'll be right right there beside you. I'm going to be wearing that 89 armor. Painted red. That's cool. Ah, excellent. Yeah, I think that's so cool. Yeah, Yeah. it's badass, is what it is. Like the hot toy for that. Come on, come on. Like, yeah, I know. Maybe just pop the head off and (laughs) just have the suit up in like a like Iron Man esque sort of pose behind uh, behind another Batman. But like the concept is awesome, and uh, it's gonna be cool. Especially like Supergirl for for. All the girls in our in our lives is going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, and she's like she's got such a cool look and a cool energy to her, and yeah, I, I, like I said, I, there just seems to be a lot of care and attention put into this movie, and yeah, it sucks that uh, it got a bit of tarnish on it, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be cool, and I, I do feel that this will be the movie that they use to close out the. Mm-hmm. existing dc universe so makes but, the most sense by far like an end credit scene can just they could just say everything turns off something new turns on it's the DC, james gunn and peter saffron's dcu mm-hmm. like it's it's it seems like almost too elegant if you know what i mean like if they're able to swap this in aquaman 2 or however they want to do it but like it seems like just narratively speaking a nice way to just put a line in the sand yeah. And say that universe existed. It doesn't anymore. This is what we have going forward. It's not messy. It's it's pretty clean, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it opens up just all of your options, right? You can mm-hmm. use what toys you want to and discard the ones that aren't going to work for you going forward. Yeah. And really speaking about the end of that era of DC, there's another another era ending here in my number one, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This sits probably similar to yours with The Flash. This is not a surprise that this film is sitting on my top of my most anticipated list coming out this May. It is James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This has been a franchise I've been following since 2014, since, you know, 2010 with the comic books, maybe earlier. And I I just adore everything about this stuff. Like, I've, I've purged all my Funko Pops and a lot of stuff. I kept that original run of Guardians. It, it just, there was something about this film that translated so well for me onto film. The first one, even the second one, and then to have this like super emotional story that is being kind of promised to us for this third, third installment of this franchise and kind of the quote unquote end of an era when it comes to, to this team of the Guardians and this Guardians team that we followed through basically phase two through Infinity War Endgame right through into to this kind of closing chapter here it's it's gonna be a ride and i'm i'm so excited for it oh yeah and to be honest like for me it's you know that the boss put a ton of work into this one because the boss i love it yeah (laughs) he he had this thing kind of ready to go years ago 
mm-hmm. and had it written and then it got taken away from him, but he kept working on it. And you got to know that it, it's just going to be that much more refined and that much more special. And yeah. uh, James Gunn is a masterful writer in this space. And so uh, given, given the time, given some uh, probably pretty personal experiences between when that movie was written and when it finally got shot mm. like yeah it's gonna be an all-time great for sure I, to yeah. be honest i left it off my list because i knew it was gonna be your number one so i was like oh, <laughs> of course <laughs> i don't need i don't need to burn a spot because <laughs> we'll get to talk about it so true so true it's so amazing you know when you look at these lists yes these are top top five most anticipated list of things that we are most looking forward to but there's a lot of things out there that we didn't even talk about like ironheart the marvels what else I got on here? Quantum Mania. Like these are things that, you know, maybe don't rank in our list, but they're going to be a lot of fun. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Like we got like Bad Batch season four drops tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's so much content coming out here this year. Craven the Hunter this October. Maybe I think it's coming out. Who knows from from Sony? Yeah, I don't know that I could put it, it, most anticipated next to Craven the Hunter. There. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's going to be something though. The same way that morbius and venom 2 were something yeah and hunter is likely to be something but there's just so much content when you add up all of these properties that we've spoken about that are i've got listed here we're over 20 properties inside of just the star wars marvel and dc space or close to if not around 20 19 20 properties depending on what you slot in there and what actually comes out you know will echo come out this year i don't know the Disney Plus MCU series. Will Agatha, the Coven of Chaos, come out this year? I don't know. They're slated for 23, but they may end up inside of 24. But there's just so much. Like, I don't even I don't even know where we're going to start. Like, when are we going to actually talk about other things other than properties here with so much content coming out? It, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it, it is crazy. And speaking of crazy and Craven, I heard a rumor that uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson <laughs> met with the Broccoli's and he might be our new James Bond. Really? He'd be not that pick, actually. I think he's quite a talented actor. Um, it's just, I guess, because the shocking thing, he's just younger than they've gone with anyone. Like, I don't know how old Craig was when they started. And, like, Idris Elba was in contention at one point, I believe, or he was at least, like, the fan favorite to play that. Yeah. Rosnan always looked old. He always looked in his 40s when he took up the role. He still looks like he's in his 40s. <laughs> Just like a really refined, he looks better now than he did when he played James Bond. To be he's honest, he's like a silver fox. Yeah, he's yeah. running around in skin tight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Doctor Fate costume, <laughs> which I thought was CG, and then I saw behind the scenes picture. I was like, ah, good on you, Pierce. Yeah, he's looking good. Yeah, he's looking good. But man, that leads us into our last segment for for this week. My voice is starting to go here. So we're going to, we're going to get through some of this here before that hour mark, but that's what we're looking forward to. Now, what are we looking a little bit more inwardly here in nerd? You know, something that we always try to try to do, try to say is it's like, let's evolve ourselves a little bit inside of this year. And we always use this as a marker, as a line in the sand, try to, to project ourselves a year from now and say, what are we doing different in nerd? What are we, how are we going to be consuming different, maybe like collecting different, like I said at the top here. Um, but before we get into that, let's look back at 22 and see how successful we were at achieving said nerdier resolutions. So for 2022, Carlos, your top three nerdier resolutions were, well, at least the start of the conversation last year, if you go back to the episode, you're really high, heavily focused on Batman, of course. The Batman, Robin Pattinson's Batman is coming out. It's a lot of anticipation for that. And how cool is it that you get to experience another Batman in 23? I'm so happy these films actually separated. You got to live the year of the Batman, the Batman, and now you get to live the year of Batman 89 almost to a degree, or revisiting it across two separate years. That's, that's better than it could have ever been. Yeah, you know what? It is kind of better all spread out and you get to enjoy it longer. And it, yeah. it's just the party that keeps going. So, yeah, I am actually in retrospect, like as cool as it would have been to have this one big, massive fiesta platter. Um, we had so much cool stuff in 2023. You, you almost didn't miss the fact that uh got to try other flavors of ice cream other than Batman. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's good. So let's run these down. So your number one was... uh inspired by some of the retro collecting that I've got going on. You want to pick up a few pieces of retro MJ gear from childhood, including cards, magazines, 
and some very specific fold-up glasses. You want to acquire a Black Series Captain Rex for your, your eldest daughter there. And you also wanted to build out the Batcave shelving. So you wanted to, I guess, extend what you had done in the past with some of those wooden pipe shelvings and, and pull that across that back wall there and, and kind of, I guess, accentuate some of those statues you got a bit more on there. Yeah, well, I'm two out of three isn't bad. Uh, I did get a few retro MJ pieces off of eBay nice. and stuff, so uh, that was kind of cool. And like certainly things that like uh, I, I remember just kind of being available at the till when you're checking out at like mm-hmm. freaking Kmart or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I never did find the glasses, but I did look um at, even at like our local flea market and stuff like that and i'm sure they'll cross my path like everybody had them back then so yeah, yeah i'll keep picking away at a few little things but yeah I, I think i can safely check that one off the list um and captain rex yeah you guys well, acquire that? well you acquired that so you uh you scored the bad batch captain rex oh right yeah yeah, yeah. Man, that felt like that well, i thought that was in like in 2020 <laughs> that felt like forever ago <laughs> yeah well yeah but uh yeah it it, it had to have been after uh we did the nerd year resolution yeah, so. right yeah no that all thanks to you there is a captain rex uh standing point with the rest of the clone troopers and, it, and it's cool like with her display she's got like all the clone troopers kind of left to right and then that rex is the transition point where it transitions oh, from cool the clone troopers and that clone wars era to like her bad batch figures. And then a few of the kind of more modern ones that she's picked up. So yeah, there's that, those ones. And uh, yeah, as far as shelving goes, I totally slacked with that. Like I, um, I just never made it happen. I, I think partially because I was a bit undecided as to where, um, well, not undecided, but I, I kind of got distracted with another project down here yeah. um, in that shelving space. So uh, I never never made good on my initial intention. But uh, yeah, it'll, it'll two happen. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, not two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> and looking back at mine, I, I feel like I had a, a relatively successful year because I... In previous years, I had I'd set these really lofty goals and I never were able to achieve them. So I really stepped back and and try to make things achievable. Although I didn't realize at the start of this time last year that I was going to be completely uplifting my life for six months and moving houses and taking apart my nerd room and build it, trying to build a new one and all these type of things. So that wasn't really factored into this, but my top three were, or my nerd resolutions were one is finally make the, the shift, the full shift for my primary focus on collecting to be fully retro. And so stepping completely back from, from the modern stuff, specifically, I kind of noted no more Amber Collection, no more Funkos, no more retro remakes. I've subsequently sold all of that stuff. I have like six Funko Pops left, and I had quite a substantial collection at one point. And all those retro remakes went, the Turtles, all that kind of stuff out the door. Away it went. And my focus, and even in my display, you've seen it a couple of times, it's, it's primarily retro stuff with a bit of MCU tucked into it. And so I think I've, I think I've got there where oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm no longer buying modern, really the odd thing maybe, but um, I'm there with that. I think I got there. And then my second was improve the display aspects of my nerd room. And so I want to bring a level of refinement to things and I'm getting there. That was meant to be in my old nerd room because when I did decide to take it apart at the, the last kind of video I posted about it on YouTube, I stepped back and I was like, I feel overwhelmed by it. I feel cluttered by it. And kind of this concept that's going to bleed into my my new resolutions is just a little bit less. Just focus on the important things. I got some new glass cabinets here. And I think I kind of got there in that, although my nerd room, different nerd rooms. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, my third was leverage what I called the relaxation of of Lego Plus, and specifically in that, like what they're calling like the 18 plus, like those black box sort of display pieces and i think i got there i got like the back to the future car i got the baby or the i guess not baby group but like the small group that just came out and kind of using that to to provide 
not only like the relaxation that a puzzle or whatever it can provide, but I also think that like that's almost where my main MCU stuff is coming from right now is all inside a leg. So I'm going to give myself full points for for the for for last year. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You did lots of Lego. So, yeah, you uh, I, I can attest. I'll sign off on those. Uh, nice. Nerd nice. room accomplishments there. That's that's all I need. That's all I need. Well, for the last like couple minutes here, man, let's 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 burn through. We did this last year in this way where you kind of gave your your number three, number two. We'll have a chat about those and then we'll give the number one. And like mine aren't in any specific order, but uh, but uh, maybe, maybe I'll go first on this one because you kind of went first in the last one. And so um, my, I guess, number three or whatever is um, I want to really start in my collection. I've, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos and stuff like this on people using like these really cool looking acrylic cases and more accentuating the collection beyond like the shelving and using like these like especially for like my my retro Jurassic Park stuff that I have all in box. I want to start preserving some of this stuff um, inside of whether it's like plastic or kind of like the acrylic cases, because I think it really pops when things are kind of in these like cool cases that you can open and still play and look at the figure and all that. But uh, I want to bring out that piece of it. And there's some really cool retro Star Wars stuff that isn't like preserving it but it's like these nice acrylic blocks that you could put the figures on like the first 12 and all these things and i think it brings like another level of refinement like kind of um, i don't want to say museum because that's not exactly what i'm chasing but i want to kind of up that game of of the displayability of the action figures last year i was chasing more of like how the room looked and this year i'm trying to accentuate what's in the collection a bit more and then uh, my second one is this is something I've been playing with for a little bit is, is potentially shifting focus on to signatures, which is, mm. I, I, I have one signature in my collection and it's a Stanley signature. And it's something that I, I got and it was, I stood there and talked to Stanley as he signed this comic book for me. And I've looked at things like, okay, do I go and buy like a cat figure and try to get like a Chris Evans signature on it or a Thor figure, something like that. I, it's something that I've been playing with a little bit. That is a bit more of like personal experience mm-hmm. that you can potentially have with, whether it's an action figure or a poster or something like that. And kind of pulling that into the nerd room. I listened to a wrestling podcast called the major wrestling figure podcast. And a couple of guys in there, like they're really hyper-focused on getting like signatures on older action figures. And I, I kind of think it's like a cool way to, to do something a little different and kind of hunt in a different way. And then you get like this piece that's kind of almost one of a kind to a degree. Yeah. Totally. And I, I really kind of, the concept of signatures really jumped out at me this year. So those, those are kind of two resolutions is kind of getting into signatures and kind of building up the, the display aspects of, of my collection by adding in things like cases and that. Oh, very cool, man. Very cool. I think I'm going to repurpose my number one nerdier resolution to my number three nerdier resolution for this <laughs> year. And yeah, I, and actually number three and number two are going to be uh, kind of melded together. So it'll be to reinvent what will be at least one of my major display areas down here. Nice. Um, and part of that is a result of getting that prime one Batman who's mm-hmm. amazing, but just ridiculously big. So um, <laughs> I, I do want to rework it a bit. And then with that will come the number two and that'll be consolidating down the small, uh, smaller size figures a bit into mm-hmm. a bit of a tighter, more focused display. Um and with that, maybe slowing down with a few of the adjacent McFarlane uh, lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've already kind of started to do that. But like um, ones like I bought a pile of the Black Adam figures and stuff like that. And I, I love them. They're some of my favorites. But uh, I'll probably try and stay away from the Fury of the Gods ones and yeah. the Aquaman ones. But yeah, we all know. Like I can't even front about those uh, flash figures coming oh, out <laughs> and what's coming out with. They those will ones. be in your collection. I guarantee that. Yeah. So, um, that a bit, and then like I've also had like a lot of fun this year with just um, 
messing with the girls collections with like my youngest getting into uh some of the jp stuff and my mm-hmm. oldest um you know doing the mcfarland thing but in the superman side of the house so um i'll be able to scratch that itch there but uh nice. yeah that that's gonna be my blend of two and three because i do like want to kind of focus down the the small size figures just into a con- more concise display not to get rid of them or anything like that but mm-hmm. um I have a bunch of smaller displays all over the place, and I, I think I'd like to focus them down. Which... Yeah, and you've been talking—you've been talking for a little while now about kind of the—I think it's the area you're staring at right now. Yeah, um, like kind of pulling that together, or kind of at least reformatting it a bit, and kind of moving pieces around. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what what you can can do in there because it's it's evolved so much even since I met you. Like with the back shelves and what's in it and kind of some of the big pieces that you've you've pulled into the collection there and so like taking that like next step it's always cool to see the evolution of people's rooms and and how things change right over time like where your focus changed when i met you you had no six inch figures really in the basement there well yeah at least none that had been made in the last yeah. like 15 years yeah. <laughs> 20 years <laughs> oh man i do apologize for that <laughs> yeah yeah Endless joy it's brought you, though. Endless joy. And uh, pain to your wallet. But it's all good. It's all for good fun. But my my uh, my number one, and it, it actually kind of nicely dovetails out of what you're saying a little bit. Um, but it's a bit more of a... Uh, it's, it's not so much about a specific nerd piece, but it kind of is an all-encompassing, more kind of like overarching objective of mine. And... This is both in nerd and in life, but less is more is kind of the theme of this year for me is that things that I have had in the past and I, you know, I was talking to my wife yesterday about this concept of in 2015 and 16, anything that had the MCU sticker on it or a Star Wars sticker on it, I bought, I bought every, every, so much stuff and I'm just finally getting through it and selling most of it. And I, I look back and I say like, you know, especially having moved this year, it was like, I felt like so overwhelmed by the volume of stuff that I had that it, it just, none of this stuff made me happy anymore. And it was, it was bought to degree out of spontaneity as opposed to a desire to have and want and display. And so that's something I'm super going to be super vigilant on this year is, is less is more is that I'm going to stay inside of my boxes. I'm going to not run head first into anything and that's where the retro collecting is awesome because i can i can play the cooler on it i don't have to worry about you know paying 50 bucks or if i don't get it paying 75 on secondary market for a black series or figure or something like that and so i'm just even as i've constructed this room it's everything's gone up slowly i'm not rushing into anything and so the whole concept less is more it's really how i'm going to function around nerd this year um, specific more to collecting, um, but in kind of every avenue of it is just like, I'm going to enjoy and consume the things that make me happy. And I'm not going to be worried about every single thing that's going on because there's just so much as we've talked about, right? I'm not going to be able to get everything. And so and so sometimes it's okay just to enjoy a few things rather than be overwhelmed by many things. Yeah, man. Nice. I, I love it. I love it. I was there and I met you guys, but um, <laughs> yeah, it... Uh... It certainly seems to be the ideal way to have a collection that you just adore and can kind of mm-hmm. immerse yourself into um, type of thing. And and it's special to you because it's more yeah. curated to you as opposed to everything with the bat symbol has to come into my house type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, man, I, I dig it. I dig it. For me, my number one, and I've I've threatened this and I've put it out there <laughs> a whole pile of times, but I think this is this is the year, and I've got it kind of kind of flagged. But uh, I think this is the year that I completely move away from uh, physical comics. Wow, yeah, I was and, that's what I thought was coming, but whoa, <laughs> yeah, and it's not and it's not for anything like uh, mad at the publisher. Or they're not writing the things that, or anything like that. It's like. Um, it's it just kind of time and to kind of build on your theme of moving. If you want to collect 
if you want to quit collecting comic books, help your comic store manager move. Yeah. And <laughs> that will very, very quickly uh, change <laughs> your your mind about uh, amassing loads and loads of physical books kind of thing, uh, especially if you've been in the game for a while like I have. So uh, at one point in time, I yelled from an upstairs room <laughs> to the main parking area where they were loading up. I was like, dude, you needed to sell some of your shit and hire movers because this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and you know, all with the, I say it all with the love, but um, no, in all seriousness, it's um, the DC Universe Infinite app and the ultra level membership has been the biggest thing mm-hmm. to tip me towards going um digital like i'll still be reading every week as much and actually more uh than i was before but uh that's been a joy like i've read so many comics like it's been unbelievable and reading things that i just wouldn't before um simply because i didn't want to buy and have to store the books associated to it right so like i started reading a series called the monkey prince and i absolutely love it like i'm really excited that after we're done like i then the last issue to get published uh, showed up on the app like 30 days after it hit the store shelves kind of thing so um and i do genuinely prefer reading digitally on my ipad to reading physical books now so uh there is that uh driving it and then also this year batman will hit batman issue 135 but in legacy numbering that'll be batman number 900 and that'll give me a run of 500 consecutive issues of the main batman come on yeah from like the 80s all the way up till whenever that issue comes out so i I think 900 will be perfect and then like detective comics I'll, i'll saw it off at detective 1075 which is um like another six or seven off where they are now. Like uh, 135 will be five books from whatever the last one. Like I have 130 sitting down here. So Whoa. yeah, so yeah. five months for that, and then yeah, I'll be I'll be good. And then there's just a few mini series and whatnot that I'm in the middle of, and I'll as those play out, I'll pick up those books kind of thing. But once they're done, like Batman One Bad Day and Riddler Year Two and stuff. Um, I just read them there and yeah, like that ultra membership of the app. Like I don't even feel like I'm missing out. Like mm-hmm. there's books sitting in my pull box that are going to show up on the app next week. Cause I haven't gone <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it was a game changer and to have everything there. It, it's wonderful. Like I, I absolutely love it. And I find I actually get immersed more in the books. I use the panel guided view. Yeah, so, that's cool. I'm glad they have that. They have yeah. That on that. Of unlimited too. That's cool. Yeah, and I find you just like you you get to immerse yourself in every single panel and appreciate the art a little bit more, and it's always there for you. So, and it's it's neat too, where because my daughter uses the app, so I'll read stuff and I'll be like, "New Champion of Shazam." I read it just cause, and I was like, "This is amazing!" And it's a story about Mary Marvel becoming the, the oh, soul Captain Marvel type of thing, and. I think it was like three issues in when I read it and I was like, you have to read this. This is the best thing ever. And it's this young girl trying to <laughs> go to post-secondary school and stuff. And uh, the, uh, the Shazamly pulling her back and, you know, that's something I wouldn't have read, not because I wouldn't be interested, but just, you know, five, six bucks a book. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to just jump into uh, everything as much as you used to. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Like it, it's, it is shocking, but like where you're, where you're kind of drawing the line is it's, it seems like an appropriate place. And, and yeah, you've talked about that numerous times about the accessibility of the app and like, you can just kind of jump in and the 30 days is unbelievable. Like yeah, sometimes a comic will sit for like three, four months on the nightstand or something right before it gets read. And so having that is, is amazing. And like, I just had my own personal experience with the comic books. I went through all my comic books and I pulled out about 330, I think it was to sell, um, yeah. or to get rid of out of my collection, things that were just like little offshoots that I read and things that I don't particularly need in my collection. 
and I cataloged every single one. I went through every single book. There's gonna have some cool like first appearances of like Riri and Gore and Miss um, Marvel, um, like the new Miss Marvel, all these type of things, Camilla Khan and all that. So it's um, yeah, I can appreciate wanting to to kind of put a nice line in the sand there for comic books and and just have those 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 nice series and just go from there, right? So, man, awesome. Well, we've got an exciting year in front of us. Not only do we have all of this content that we discussed this week and kind of some new objectives that we're driving towards, but we've got a a full slate of podcasts this year, guys. And, you know, Carlos and I have have doubled down on our commitment to to having more interaction with other podcasters, with other people, with other fans in this space to sit and discuss and, and highlight the positive elements of what we do here every single week in the Nerd Room. And, what we're seeing across across the world, the nerd, and I'm pumped for what we got coming down here, and it's it's going to be an exciting year, both in the world of nerd and also here on the podcast. So make sure you come back every single Thursday, listen to the Nerd Room, subscribe to the Nerd Room YouTube channel. Um, we're going to start pumping out videos again. Here we took a little bit of a break, lost my voice, can't record anything right now of, of any quality here outside of the podcast for, for YouTube. So we're going to be coming back. And as Carlos mentioned, we're doing our box office fantasy draft. That is at the moment is scheduled, I believe, for next Wednesday. But we just have to iron out all of the, the schedules of everyone participating. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a big battle. We're going to be pulling all these box office, these these picks as as you would in a fantasy draft for football or whatever sport. And we're going to be doing it live and in the moment. And then we're going to see how this plays out. We're going to put the trophy up, maybe a few other things, a deep dish pizza from Chicago. Who knows what is going to fall on the betting table here? Side bets, whatever. Trades, if if, if we want to do that. Who knows what happens? So we're going to try to bring some excitement around that because the box office is something that we do talk about periodically. Putting some stakes into it is going to make a lot of fun, as we have in the past, but not so much because of uh, the pandemic kind of screwed all that up. But looks like we got a good year going here. And if you want to be a bigger part of the show, you can always email us at the nerd at gmail.com and you can find everything we do over at the nerdroom.net. So Carlos, as we look forward into 23, all the excitement, it's uh, it's going to be played out here inside of the nerd room. So until then, and I guess for all of 2023 already, for the forward look for the nerd room, I'm Tim. And I'm Batman. And thank you so much for entering the nerd room.